0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another CEO LinkedIn Live. Today, I have a fantastic guest. I'm so excited. Jim Emmy, welcome Jim.
1: Hi Jennifer, glad to be here.
0: Uh, Well, let me tell everyone about you and you can correct me at at the end of this intro if I missed anything important, but uh, Jim is the president and CEO of Now Health Group they are the parent company to now Foods, uh, a leading wholesale manufacturer, distributor of dietary supplements, uh, natural foods and natural personal care products. Uh, and I, I happen to have a few, few with me today. Here, let me get this. Here's my vitamin C. Uh, here's some of my, I have what I call my, my bag of smell goods. And in my bag, I have lemon, And these are essential oils and lime. Lime's my favorite. So I I have been using your product for years, but it's wonderful to have you with us. And I I know you started as a plant manager. Uh, You have been a best and brightest winner for over 15 years, both uh, at the national level and at the local level there in Chicago. You've been an elite winner scoring at the top. And uh, it's just so wonderful to have you with us today, Jim.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity, Jennifer. And, uh, you know, it's very humbling as a company to get uh, this type of recognition. And, you know, I have town halls every year. It's been a little challenging the last couple of years but uh, uh, with video and remote efforts. But this year I'm hitting the road again, and we've got 1,800 team members in North America, including uh, 300 in Canada. And, you know, one of the messages that I share, and we do share this award to our Canadian colleagues at, uh, to let them know is that this, this award isn't really about our company. It's not really, definitely not about me, but it's, it's about our people. It's their award. It's their award. They're the ones who participate in it. They're the ones who give us the feedback that we're always grateful for. And they're the ones that create the opportunity for us to succeed as a company.
0: Uh, And that's that's spoken like the leaders of the best and brightest companies where it starts top down. So I know it is part of the the culture and part of the people, but it comes from leadership, too. So thank you so much uh, for joining us. Now, we were chatting a little bit and one of your products went viral. Uh, So tell us a little bit about that and tell us a little bit about what you would recommend for people. You know, there's a lot of sickness going around now. Um, tell us what you would recommend. And I know you're not a doctor, but give us the feel, give us, give us the skinny on it, so to speak.
1: Well, I have to do the official disclaimer, Jennifer, very quickly that, uh, you know, our, our, products aren't magic bullets. Uh, unfortunately there are those in the natural products industry that promote things more than they should. Uh, but we believe that a healthy lifestyle is what our mission is, and our mission is to provide value in products and services that empower people to live healthier lives. Really, we're about helping people meet their personal goals. And uh, we believe the three legs of that stool, if you will, are uh, number one, good nutrition. You know, we are what we eat. It makes the biggest difference. Exercise, mm-hmm. even if it's just walking around and getting up and moving from your desk or from your work area. Or at home, that that makes a difference. And the third is, if you can use supplements or personal natural products uh, to augment uh, your t- nutritional needs, that's where we come in. Uh, personally, uh, you know, the big sellers uh, in the last two years really is anything to do with immunity. Your vitamin C, 1,000 milligram that you have there, Jennifer. Thank you for the plug. Uh, but uh, that was has been a staple for decades. Who would have thought that that would be one of the top-selling supplement products throughout the world uh, from 2020 through early 2022? Mm -hmm. And uh, low-cost and and very effective antioxidant is what it is. Personally, my go-tos are really around uh, antioxidants, uh, blood health, uh, also uh, regarding workouts. I'm past 60, so... I still try to remain active, but it takes a while for me to recover from workouts. So that one is uh, glutamine. I, I like glutamine personally. I find it helps me with recovery and soreness. It certainly doesn't fix it all, but uh, it makes it a little easier. Uh, I take Coenzyme q 10 as an antioxidant. Uh, I take,
0: uh,
1: I take uh, and, and you know what? It's a, a major go-to for cardiologists around the world. And you can read up on that online from some reputable sources. Uh, another one I take is an omega-3 uh, to get uh, EPA and essential fatty acids. It's a good approach to that. Uh, again, blood health it supports that. And I also uh, take a multiple vitamin. You can't bypass that either. And I I take a glucosamine product that helps with uh, uh, some ar- onset of arthritis. But you know, along with the uh, good stretching and such. You know, they all go together again, the three things. So well, those well, are some of my go-tos.
0: Wellness is, a, is huge right now in many, many respects. And I have my personal theories for, yeah. for why. Um, and we do the best and brightest in wellness, which uh, you've been a winner of for several years as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so much is going on in the wellness industry. Um, There's mental health, there's physical health, there's Uh, financial health. It's been a a very fast changing industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, How have you shifted your your operations in this industry? What's changed? um, uh, And what have you had to adapt or adapt to uh, quickly? And um, I know you just said that one of your uh, vitamins um, went viral because a celebrity took them. So right. I would imagine that would create a little chaos in China with supply chain and and what have you. So, so how have you navigated all the shifts in this industry?
1: Gosh, do we have another fifty minutes? <laughs> no, uh, I you know uh, really it, we we have used a phrase and our our vice president of, of human resources Michelle Canada coined it for us and it was so true. I, of all the things that I've been through in my career, I've, I've done quite a bit. I grew up on a farm, and uh, so I guess I've had the agricultural side You in know, my career. My undergraduate degree is in food chemistry with a microbiology minor. I've uh, done many different things, large corporate positions, acquisitions, and such, but I was never prepared for what was going to happen in the COVID environment. Uh, I was prepared to understand to, about doing the right things. Uh, we're a family-owned business. I'm not an owner. I'm just a steward of the company. But uh, uh, being owned by a family, it's a lot easier to make decisions that aren't always oriented around the profitability of the organization. It's right. about taking care of our people. But if we weren't agile and we weren't adaptive with supply chain challenges, uh, uh, covid shutdowns to prevent spreads uh, slowed production because of separation of people and such and all right things to do and and we did them uh, if we're we weren't open-minded and able to do that I think our our chances of success would have been quite hindered uh, jumping back a little bit about the celebrity you mentioned this was just last week uh, one of the kardashian sisters Courtney uh, had Uh, Tweeted that she had had COVID and uh, she listed a a group of products she thought helped her. We have no science to back that up. Matter of fact, we were somewhat surprised by the product that she chose, Uh, but she put a link to it and uh, to Amazon and also another website. Next thing we know, boom, flew off the shelf. Uh, So we have to adapt to things like that. Probably one of our strengths is that as a company, we've always had a wide array of products we've got 1400 SKUs in our wholesale catalog. And their personal care, as you said, we've got a pet supplement line, which is doing very well. Uh, Natural supplements, as well as sports products, organic snacks and foods, a personal care, which the aromatherapy, uh, that took off in COVID because of home spa days. Uh, It was crazy, some of the things that happened, but because we've always had this wide array of catalog uh, or catalog products, uh, it always seemed that anything even obscure that didn't sell very much but we had it because retailers wanted it around the world all of a sudden because we had it and other companies didn't it took off and so that's been part of our success the other part is uh, that value term in our mission statement the value uh, is the best possible product at the best possible price and that's the best quality uh, we have 160 quality scientists, some degree. We've got a chem- chemical analytical lab that uh, some universities don't have. And we're able to test awesome. and assure purity. Yeah. And it oh, keeps the down. I
0: would love to go in there. Uh, I yeah. can only imagine the the ingenuity that happens yeah. in there. But all
1: of, all of that adds up to allowing us to be adaptive and, and make better choices. The better information you have, the better choices you make. But... Uh, but it still comes down to the skill and ability of our people uh you know whether they're a chemist whether it's a person working on the line uh one of the things i share with with everyone is every each and every one of us is a leader let's say you work in our distribution center and you're packing that order you are the last representative of our company that sees those products going in that box before it gets to the customer uh, so you're leading, you're representing all of us. And uh, it's a concept that's pretty simple. Uh, not everybody buys into it, but it, it's it's well, real. Most do, and they get it because we do have a clear common mission. So, so, so Jim,
0: I'm. let's talk about leadership. And and let's say you had, in, in this room with us, let's say you had 10 young um, entrepreneurs just starting out. What leadership advice would you give them, or what lessons would you share with them about maybe what you learned, or what you wish you would have done differently, or things that were really successful? How would you mentor? How would you mentor
1: these? That's a good question, Jennifer. I I really have a lot of tools in my toolbox I've used over the years, and I and I've been blessed with great mentors who saw something in me I never saw in myself that gave me the push when i needed it but uh, as an entrepreneur and we our our founder was an entrepreneur Uh, the brand was founded he ran several retail stores we have 12 retail stores in the chicago area called the fruitful yield and the now brand became the house brand for that store because he couldn't compete buying the other brands with markups and such but anyway the three three areas i look at uh, number one is it's almost always better to make a decision, even with limited information. Uh, you can—it's okay to wait for more information, but you need to make timely decisions. And if you've got—if you've got some information, that will always lead you to a directionally correct decision. And—and that's—that's a good guidepost because if you don't make a decision, the situation's not going to change, and odds are it's going to deteriorate. So do that. Don't be afraid to do that. It, it actually becomes more of a habit like muscle memory, you know, in your mm-hmm. golf swing or something. You, uh, uh, you can be consistent, and it's a habit, and, and you can build confidence that way. And you know what? You're going to make mistakes, and that's okay. If you make a mistake, own it, acknowledge it, and make it right. You know, we're, we're a large company with, with a large number of team members, and we make mistakes often but just acknowledge it, you know, just come clean on it. It's okay. People understand the world is a very forgiving world right now. So long as your intentions were honorable, you'll be okay. Uh, that, that's a, a big piece of decision-making on that, but it's also one of the, those three items. The last one to me is the most important thing, and it may sound trite, but it's really simple and fundamental. Do the right things for the right reasons. You know, have have a mission statement, have what your values are. What are the values in support of that mission? Those are what will you'll be able to communicate as you grow. You add people on, you can share with customers, uh, you can share with vendors, and, and do the right things for the right reasons and treat people respectfully. That's a key element of doing the right things for the right reasons and you know it, our our founder had always said that uh, I asked him what his secret to success was and he goes now it was when i realized i couldn't do it all myself and then he got a little cheeky with me elwood richard <laughs> was our founder and okay. he said but also understand nobody can do it better than you can but you have to delegate you have to let it go and you have to do it, which i'm a recovering micromanager i understand that uh, but any any case the but he also said that one of the main reasons for doing the right things for the right reasons are, you know, a business is always going to go through challenges and sometimes difficult times. But if, if you're going through a difficult time or you're going through an era of rapid change, right now we're going through that with, with ex- yeah. external forces being more crazy than they, they were even two years ago in many ways. Um, if you're trying to do the right thing, you can feel good about yourself you know, and and you can say, hey, you know what, I did my best ethically, we did the right things, we're trying to give people a fair shake, we're trying to be honorable to anybody that we do business with, and if you do that, um, it propels you forward, you don't have barriers of doubt going into your mind, so those three key areas, I think, are the most important, for anyone starting a business today.
0: It, it, it seems so simple when you, you discuss it, but you and I both know running a team or leading a team, it's more complex than that and holding true to it. But, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of times people wait for it to be perfect or they wait for it to um, have this um, piece of information. You have scientists that you work mm-hmm. with, so they want fact, they want numbers, they want data, right? And And mm-hmm. to your point, Sometimes you have to go and tweak as you go. Let's just get our foot out because if you wait for perfect, things won't happen. And by yeah. the time you wait for perfect, there's five or six other things that happen that you, you missed your shot. So yeah. I really like that. Not many leaders talk about that. So thank you for sharing.
1: Um, yeah, and if we- I may, Jennifer, it, uh, another piece of that is when you make those decisions, sometimes it's deciding not what not to do that's a piece of it too. Now that's more strategic, but you know, thank you.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You had started talking um, and couldn't help but hear this loud and clear. You sound like a servant leader. Um, Helping people and and having people live healthy lives is what the mission of your your company is. Um, That ties into retention, especially with (laughs) um, people just now graduating. They want to make sure. Sure. They're working for a company that has a higher cause or a higher purpose and in, in, in helping people. And it's amazing how many companies help people from different angles. Right. Mm-hmm. You specifically have health products and wellness mm-hmm. is your product. So um, a lot of times now there's been the shift to discover what our significance is as companies and how we can measure and track that. Could do you track the people you help? And are there some stories that you can share? Um. From from a not only a brand culture, but you know, I if I was an employee of your company, I would want to know what you're doing to help people. So, do you have some of those specific stories that you
1: can share with us? Well, it's it's somewhat difficult because uh, you know we're we're doing billions of doses of supplements, uh, billions of ounces of essential oils, uh, packaged and, and and tested and analyzed. Uh, I tend to flip that and say, okay, who has had a problem with what we're doing? You know, have they had an adverse event? By law, we're governed by the FDA and many other regulatory agencies. And how many adverse events have there happened? Has there been that's happened? And if we're not getting a lot of problems like that, then we've got satisfied consumers who Mm -hmm. are coming back and ordering our products again are being loyal to our brand loyal to to what we're about that help us and that that's really how we can do that i metrics are changing so much it used to be our ambassadors were small independent retailers uh now the majority of our business globally is online and we're sold in 90 countries so we certainly have a global footprint um and you know it's if if things are going well as ceo i don't hear about it I uh, tell vendors that I'll see a vendor and they'll say, so, boy, we really appreciate your business. How are we doing? And I'm uh, Great. Haven't heard a yeah. problem. That's that's one way of getting it with influencers that we use today and the like. Uh, you can get more metadata of what's going on with the brands. But just like a lot of marketing efforts, it's hard to coordinate. Uh, yeah. I'd say that our, our growth over the years has, has really been. biggest measure of that of how we're helping now as specific stories yeah we'll get stories from people that are like you know you changed my life with this or what have you and you know we're grateful for those opportunities but you know we we try not to tout that too much just simply because that's not what we're about you you added and and
0: I didn't realize this you added that you're governed by the FDA so you have to be very careful what you share but you get the love letters right do you do love
1: letters with your team we do. We do. Um, and, you know, more, more importantly, our team members in regards to retention. Um, you know, I've, I've got a daughter who's a millennial who actually is an attorney with our company. I, you know, she has better logic than I do and thinks, you know, <laughs> knows how to argue with facts and not emotion. And, uh, you know, they're, really what's important to a lot of the age groups, not just millennials, is that we're modeling what we say we're all about. And if you don't walk the talk with what you say, uh, you lose credibility with your team members. I believe that that's going to uh, affect retention. Uh, we're in, Being in the Chicago area, there are many pharmaceutical companies in here. Uh, I talked about our scientists that are so important to us, our analytical chemists. Uh, we get these pharmaceutical companies knocking on the door and throwing around stock options and big pay increases and all this. And oftentimes, you know, they'll harvest our chemists. And you know, it's sad to say, but I, you know, I don't hold anybody back for trying to advance their position for their mm-hmm. family and themselves. And that I respect that. Uh, but most of them want to come back because they go to the other culture. And sometimes those folks are our best ambassadors because they say, look, you don't know what you've got here at now. And it's so hard to describe. We tell people that. And you were talking about behavioral styles, leadership styles, you know, the analyzers and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, every uh, mid-level leader above gets a behavioral profile. We do the Thomas measure instruments. We do, uh, uh, well, we used to do uh, DISC and, and uh some of the other groups but now we do a basic leadership style are they a driving style are they a advocating style are they creating style and analyzing style and the risk managers are successful ones are all analyzing you know they do want that perception quality people are scientists as you said or legal people right, uh, right. the uh, yeah. uh anyone who manages risk is hr for that matter in many ways so you know, I think that the, having that diversity in styles helps too, but understanding what those styles are and better understanding each other. I I used to be more of a driving style. I've been CEO for over eight years. Uh, I've shifted up into the creative quadrant, and I'm in denial on that. I refuse to accept that I have creativity. Well, I think it's Even pretty like cool. You adapt. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's pretty cool how you've taken that tool, the personality tool, to manage you yourself mm-hmm. and your leadership and, and to allow people to thrive within your culture and that that's another example of why you're a best and brightest company let's talk um you know if, if there were other ceos in the room let's shift the the room here to a room full of ceos mm-hmm. and um they were leaning on you to say hey what kind of things are going on in your industry that we should watch out for? Uh, what are some indicators going on right now? and we can we can talk about some of those indicators as well um, and and how we're navigating through that there's a lot going on. Uh, mm-hmm. um so let me pose that to you. Uh, what industry indicators that are you privy to that other CEOs could benefit from no matter what industry they're in?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's good good point, Jennifer, and we uh, are are we have a strategy map. It basically has pillars on it. What, what are our key points that our strategy is focused around? their perspectives, lenses. There's the people lens, which is so important to us. and and by the way, you know our mission statement has to start with our people first before it does our customers. We have to be worried about giving making them feel valued and helping them lead healthier and, and more fulfilling lives. But there's a customer perspective. There's a financial performance perspective, uh, there's a, a, a risk management perspective, there's a shareholder perspective, all those have to be considered in our strategy in support of our mission, vision, and values that we have. And, th- and those are pretty fundamental B-school things, you know, you, everybody right. can espouse them right and left. But again, how are you modeling it? How is it percepted, per- perceived that way? Those are thing denominators are gonna be common with any CEO right now. Uh, the great resignation, you know, we've all heard about, you know, we've, we've seen it too. And you know, it's uh, I envy some of the the younger adults that are that are making choices to make the changes they do. It's like, wow, I would have never had the courage to do that <laughs> at that age, but you know, hey, they're doing it and they're happy and it's, it's awesome. But that's a challenge. Uh, Retirements have accelerated, which has has impacted things, and now we're in in an environment of of, uh, rapidly increasing wages, which is, yeah, it's appropriate. We believe in a fair living wage for everyone, and uh, we give out quarterly bonuses to everyone in the company. We all get the same bonus that's based on financial uh, uh, performance, and you know what if the bonus goes up great we know things are going well if it goes down well what do we do to fix this and right. everybody talks about it and it keeps us engaged but that's that's another element the 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 fact that inflation is hitting and there are a lot there aren't many generations that have been in business where double digit inflation existed and that's one that every ceo i talk to is is dealing with you know in conjunction with supply <laughs> chain challenges um Another piece of it that we had some strength training coaches and that we collaborated with, it was an organization, Division I universities, athletic groups, and uh, fascinating for me. I never even, I knew these people existed. I didn't know they had an organization, but, you know, one of the things we were all sharing uh, that I, again, was ill prepared for in the COVID environment but fortunately with uh, the culture of our company, we were able to address it and show some compassion and empathy uh, is anxiety. The level of anxiety has not dissipated that much. It really hasn't. Uh, and, and the cost of living, uh, you know, the, the drug problems and such, those are all affecting our workforces and, and what, we what need to we be sensitive
0: to What 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 do you do for anxiety with your, Team members in your culture.
1: What, what specifically? Well, first of, and first of all, we provide them the resources they need with our wellness program, uh, okay. you know, the mental health resources, and make sure they're aware they're there. Uh, we also have a, a third-party group uh, that that helps us with counseling. We're a, yeah. a Christian-based-based based company, so we have chaplains that. Don't interfere with the business, but they're available to people if they want to talk about it. And they're really psychology counselors. They, they're another resource we we help out with. But uh, can I
0: interrupt guys, you there for a second? Yeah. A lot of the best and brightest companies have those three things. The um, um, office, they have a third party to help with the yeah. mental health and discussions like an um, employee assistance program, mm-hmm. uh, and uh a non-denominational chaplain and some people have them on site
1: yeah um, we they do come in on site yeah
0: some some best and greatest companies have um social workers on site
1: mm-hmm. yeah so good idea interesting,
0: interesting things i'm sorry to interrupt keep going no I no that's
1: made. all right but yeah. uh, you know it's it's it it's affecting performance of the organization in many different ways uh, but it really, I circle back to doing the right things for the right reasons. And we have to be flexible with people. Uh, in COVID, daycare centers shut down or became restricted. We had to be flexible with our people to accommodate their, their situation with their children. Uh, we had to be flexible with elderly care, parent care. It's all. But the biggest point is getting people... To feel comfortable enough just to broach the subject with us that they've got a problem, yeah. uh, because uh, you know the good news is there's not the stigma around that that there used to be. Oh well, we can't count on them or whatever. And I, you know we've never been that way as an organization, but I've worked for some that it was. It's like okay, okay well you just there. yeah, still. and and you know just engaging and providing the help and and you know what we've had a lot of success stories on that. If somebody can talk about the problem they're having, uh, we can't solve the problem for them most times, but we can assist them to getting to that solution. Or, you know, you never know what journey somebody's going through. You know, I'll I'll see somebody, I'll say, hello, so and so, I haven't seen you in a while, how are you? And and they're just not the same. There's something going on there. And, and, you know, I, I don't pry. You know the some of them are freaked out the ceo's talking to them others are (laughs) going me for 20 years and they'll you know challenge me in in appropriate ways that's good but just letting them know hey we care we understand and we're going to do all we can to help you out yeah and it's a fundamental thing that you referred to that's so simple but it makes the most difference in the world and we can feel good about ourselves
0: well, you're touching upon an area that we um, have been focusing on as an organization to help businesses, uh, and one of the things that we do is we announce at the end of each year, and we say, okay, based on the data that we received, these are our recommendations for the leadership of the best and brightest companies. And one of those things is to build trust and transparency and focus on that as a CEO, uh, according to the data, um, CEOs think that they're communicating. They think that they're building trust and transparency. And then when you survey the employees, do you trust your CEO to do this, this, and this? You'd be surprised at some of the scores that come back. So um, we have been focusing on doing a better job in building trust and transparency. Now, talking to you, Jim, I can just tell that you're just one of those people that you pull anyone in and, and build a rapport with. So. What advice would you give or how do you build trust and transparency and what kind of communications do you do as the CEO yourself with your team to foster communications, trust, transparency um, at all levels? What, what do you well, do?
1: It's, it, 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 to me, it's fundamental. When I became CEO, one thing I was not prepared for was uh, the amount of time I would spend on culture. I yes. thought maybe five percent. I spend a third to half of my time on cultural issues, and and it's tough. Uh, I was I'm the third CEO in the history of the company, and uh, the first one was the founder. The second one was the right hand person of the founder. Al Powers a wonderful man and a good mentor. Uh, pretty pretty big shoes to fill. But one of the things I realized I had an executive coach. The board of directors said you should get one. And the coach helped me with understanding that, look, you're different. You need to get out on the road. You need to get in front of everybody. And they know you, they've known you for years, but they've never known you as CEO. And you need to establish what it is you're looking for. And you need to do it quickly. Otherwise there's gonna be a confusion and the law of entropy and physics, nature abhors a vacuum, anything in nature left unto itself will lead to disorder. If you're not engaging in communicating, people create their own facts. And it's human nature, I've done it too. Uh, But I put together a a group of things called my operating tenants. And there are six categories. One of them is authenticity and accountability. And it talks about, okay, we're gonna hold each other accountable, uh, but we're gonna do it with respect. And and, and building trust and, and transparency that's basically tell the truth. And, you know, and people are going to embellish and take liberties. And I use the example, I had a a, worked with a guy at another company whose cousin was best friends with Brad Pitt. And he used to just brag about that, you know, and everybody kind of, Oh, here we go again, you know, (laughs) talking about that, but you know what, that's not doing any harm. Who knows if it was true or not. I think it was, but, uh, but still, I don't care about that. But if you're if you're misrepresenting things as a leader, that is so systemic and so damaging. It has a ripple effect, like dropping a pebble in the water, and that wave ripple just carries on through. And part of my operating tenants are, and I lead off that it's like, look, this is what I expect of all of you, but you also expect it of me, mm-hmm. and we will hold each other accountable with these tenants and it's worked pretty well, but boy, it's, it takes a lot of care and feeding as we grow. And, we bring them
0: in. and vulnerability. Have you, uh, can you give us some examples of where you have been vulnerable with your team, which gives them permission to be vulnerable with you? Have you, oh.
1: ever confessed <laughs> Multiple times. You know, I'm a knucklehead more often than not. but uh, uh, You know, it's, there, there was one time I, I, I made a decision on overtime when we were busy in COVID. Uh, we didn't, uh, we never, we would have mandatory overtime on weekends every now and then. But the, the leadership team was pushing me, we need to do this, we need to do this. And I said, look, I've done that, you're going to burn everybody out. And when people were quarantined for COVID and such, we'd fall behind and, and it was tough. And boy, when we did our survey, you know for it, our feedback was you didn't listen to us about work hours, and I, you know I had to own that, and, you know I allowed that to happen and 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 you know it's gee, you know, on one hand, I was right, but I let it happen, so this is on me. Don't blame anybody else. this is me and and you know what you you made if that people,
0: public,
1: yeah, I did, and if people uh and, and you know what you some people are going to attack and most people are understand, but you put it to rest and you can move on and say, "Here's what we're doing going forward." And I, this is my word to you. This is what we're going to do. Things change, but we'll talk about it before we implement another change. And uh, if they're going to be leaders, they need to be involved in the decision exactly. too. And exactly. And that's another. That's another key survey area: is Are you involved in decision making? Uh, it helps, and feedback's a gift, Jennifer, and one of the really values is. we get out of, uh, you know, our efforts working with, with you folks. Because they care is enough feedback. to say something. They care enough yeah, to say and, and they feel safe enough to say something. That's another piece of it. So,
0: so Jim, let's shift gears a little bit, because uh, as a CEO, uh, you probably get judged by your title and or people treat you to the title versus the human so let's find out more about the human versus the ceo yeah. like to do this in our, our ceo series um do you have any routines uh in the morning at night what are some of your
1: routines well i i start out in the morning and re- reflecting on the day before and that's because before i went to bed i reflected on it too what worked and what didn't and i and i i used to do it in a judgmental way now i do it more in a learning way and uh in the morning it's like okay i'm up you know i get up i'm getting ready and some of my best thoughts come when i'm getting ready i'm thinking about things i have a little bit of solitude uh you know it's like okay what must be true for this to be different today and you know i'll ask myself that question Uh, Not that I'm going to have an answer immediately, but even when I'm in the car coming to the office or heading to my home office doing that, which I tend to like to be on site more than than that, um, those are some of the best revelations that I have. And then, okay, here are my action steps within my schedule that I have each day. Here are steps I'm going to take to make sure that those things that must be true, I'm acting on. Once again, it's like making a decision as a new entrepreneur. Uh, and most tell, times, it's no decision.
0: Scientists, you can tell, no you're, you're you, can tell you, you approach things by a science.
1: Yeah, logic counts, but boy, it gets superseded by perceptions oftentimes. <laughs> so, you know, it's, that's just it. It's okay. You know, I come from a, I <laughs> come from humble roots.
0: And here's how we do things. It exudes from you. And it's it's a wonderful leadership trait. It really is. Well, thank you. Uh, I imagine it'd be hard on yourself too. You did say you had to, to lighten up on yourself because yeah, it is I did. a
1: very precise I, I, formula, I, right? I did. You know, we can all be our own worst critics and such. And that uh, it's not helpful. And, and you know, the other key term that I had from a, somebody who mentored me for a while was, when you start to make the decisions for the right things, for the right reasons, I put those two together was, uh, you know, what must be true for this to be different is one question to ask. The other question is, how does this best serve our organization and our people? And you always include our people in that question. And when you put it to that, yeah, it's a lot easier to make things tangible and logical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a work in progress so do you have any hobbies well do you do? yeah you know I, I i like working on things uh you know i'm not an engineer but certainly tinker a little bit i've got a couple what What are you I'm working, working on. on now or what was your latest project that you well tinker- i just went through a move so i'm working on trying to get unpacked and get rid of things so i got rid of a lot i'm at the age i got a downsize and uh my my goal is to not have too much crap that somebody in the family doesn't want. So I'm
0: purging.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, I am purging. So uh, the other the other thing, oh, I'm not a good golfer. I enjoy golf. Uh, we've got a short uh, season here in the Chicago area, so I take advantage of that. Um, I I do some volunteer work for some organizations, and uh, you know it's it's good to uh, give back. I feel it's so important. I've been very blessed and had some great opportunities and, and great mentors and got to pay it forward in some ways. And uh and you know family's important to me too. So you know family supersedes it all. And yeah. uh, that's an easy decision to make as well. I'm yeah. I'm kind of boring. I'm not a real exciting person. And that's, oh, you're
0: exciting. Like <laughs> that's that that's that scientist coming out again. <laughs> um Let's
1: see, uh, Let's. Uh, this is, we'll do some rapid fires here. What's your favorite meal? Favorite meal, uh, sushi, I admit it. I like Ooh, where it.
0: Where do you go? Where do you go for sushi?
1: Oh, I go to a restaurant in Naperville locally called Blue Sushi. I like it there. Oh, uh, service is good, but uh, anywhere around the world, I've been in Asia quite a bit, so I've had the real thing, but uh, uh, you can still find some good things in metropolitan areas here. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, delicious. We lo- we
0: my family loves it too. Uh your favorite color?
1: Uh color is uh, blue. I don't know, nice blue sky like today. We've got it here. I can look out the window and see it. it makes me feel good. Uh
0: what's your favorite way to de-stress?
1: Uh reading. I like to read. It makes forces my brain off of the things that are floating around in there, and, yeah. and all the things, and it makes me disengage and focus on on things. And, you know, I'll do anything from business books to self-improvements to some good old-fashioned thriller fiction. So. What
0: What are you reading right now? Anything good?
1: Yeah, right right now I'm reading a book called Speed. It's about execution and it's, uh, that
0: does not it's, surprise
1: it, me <laughs> it's 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 interesting and i'm thinking i don't know people. i don't think i'm going to be able to implement this very well <laughs> but, <laughs> well okay. if you figure it out let me know i need the crib notes so <laughs> uh, fun,
0: fun well let's end it with this um how do you define happiness
1: well to me defining happiness is that you feel that you're uh, part of something larger than yourself and uh, at the end of the day each day did you at least try to make a a difference and make it a better day for somebody else and you may never know but if you tried that's what counts so again you never know the journey somebody's going through in any given time and you might have been the only person to give them a kind word on that day so you
0: just never know You just never know. Spoken like a true leader. Well, we've been talking with Jim Emmy, president and CEO of Now Health Group. Uh, Thank you for your words of wisdom and your leadership. And thank you for all that you do to make the world uh, brighter. And uh, thank you once again, one of our best and brightest winners, uh, Jim Emmy with Now Health Group. Thank you so much, Jim.
1: Thank you, Jennifer.